I don't know what. Well, I think it is tulips, but when I looked at it, of course, I think of food. (laughs) Welcome to 50% with Marcel Combs, my good friend and mentor. I'm Deantha Gratton, and on this podcast, she will travel a journey of leadership with each guest as she analyzes the ingredients that lead women to their current role. Marcel's goal is for you to walk away with tools to support your very own journey, no matter where your current destination is today. Yeah. She wants to eat my candy corn. Okay. I do, for sure. Okay. Hello, Deantha. Hi, Marcel. Uh, we have a great guest today. We do, we do. She's going to talk about money. I know. <laughs> she is going to talk about money. Yeah. You know, we're always talking about money, whether Aren't it's we? good or bad, isn't it? Yeah, it's important. Well, Kaylee Boisvert is quite the young woman mm-hmm. who grew up with a single mother mm-hmm. and learned lots of life lessons through just, you know, her mom you know, managing her money to take care of two sure, yeah. daughters. And then Kaylee grew up and decided this is what she really wanted to do. Yeah, I know. It was her passion. She learned it as a child and wanted to carry it on with her own children. And some of her stories are so sweet about how she's done education with them. Uh-huh. She's written a book. Two uh, books. Yeah, two books. That's right. One a kid's, coming out. A kid's book and an adult book. And so she says, I love the part that she says she loves what she does. I know. That just makes you happy because uh, she's passionate about it. Uh-huh. And we all need to understand uh, how to how to deal with money. Right. Yeah. Right. So let's go to Kaylee. Okay. Welcome, Kaylee, to 50% with Marcel Combs today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to spend the next few minutes. I think it's going to be fun, and we're going to hear all about making money, right? Yes. (laughs) Well, I love to start with people just giving us a little bit of your story and how you kind of got where you are today and I know you've written a couple books one for children and one for adults so so begin wherever you want on your journey and and let us know a little bit about you yeah thank you yeah so for me it kind of started I guess like a quite (laughs) it goes pretty far back my journey um so when I was a child growing up I was raised by a single mom and money just happened to be something that came up a lot because for us, it was the lack of money. So money was a really stressful thing in our household. And what I would hear over and over again from my mom is like, we, you know, we don't have enough. We can't afford that. Um, And she was doing an amazing job. Like she was working, you know, working hard, sometimes working multiple jobs, doing a a fabulous job raising myself, my sister. But again, seeing money show up as a source of like stress and struggle really intrigued me because I I also was like a very, you know, introverted, like, but, um, you know, observer of what's going on around me. So I was kind of taking it all in and being like, well, that doesn't seem like the situation for everyone. So I became kind of like this student of wanting to learn all things about money. So I figured like the more I know, the more I could essentially like master money and figure it all out. Um, So yeah, fast forward to then kind of starting my career journey. I did my undergrad in business. And I took a liking to the finance courses again, because money was such an interesting topic to me. And I started working with a financial advisor and I knew I was, you know, finally in that place where I could, you know, 
do these things and help people figure out money. And I wanted to work with women because of what I saw my mom go through that I wanted to help women and support women. And then, you know, what I was coming up against though, starting as a new person in this industry and a young person was, um, there's a lot of pushback against, um, women in the industry. So there's only about 15% women advisors and, um, it's, it's not an easy path. So it was, it was a tough path to get to where I am today. Um, and I have a lot of kind of the stories of where it felt like I really had to push through, but here I stand today, um, as a female financial advisor who has built my business from scratch. I love what I do. I do get to talk to women about money. Um, and yeah, you're right. I have a couple books coming out now too, because I, I think there's such an important impact and, um, about financial literacy that we can have these conversations. Um, but women oftentimes feel like they don't maybe know enough about these topics. And so I want to share as much as I can with other women being that, you know, me, me and myself growing up was just like learning everything I could. So now it's like, I want to share, I want other women to know this stuff as well. So that's where I stand today with my business. It's so funny. I know that one of the things that women in particular will tell me is that they can't really see a financial advisor because they really don't have any money. And I'm like, that's exactly when you need to see a financial advisor. It's when you don't have any money. Uh, so uh, what, what would you tell someone who said that to you is that I can't really meet with you. I mean, maybe they make a decent living, but they just, haven't saved, they maybe have made poor decisions, and they feel, especially if they're educated, a little um, at risk because they don't know anything about it, and they'll feel really dumb if they talk to someone. Yeah, you're right. That is a very common scenario I come across. And, you know, how we can kind of sum it up is just like, fear and, um, and some of those other feelings like shame and, you know, all these things that surround money. So I guess to those women that say those things, first off, it's like, let's work on our, the self-talk and what we're saying, because I'm such like a proponent of the energy of things and what kind of energy are we creating when we're saying like, I'm not good with money. You know, I I've messed up and I, you know, there's no hope for me or things like that, or I don't have enough to work with someone to help me and support me. Like those are all very negative messages that we're sending and money. I, I say this time and again, but money, isn't positive or negative. Money is neutral in itself. So we assign those emotions and the feelings of positivity or negativity with money. So we have to kind of look inward and say like, what is my self-talk and the messaging I am giving off about money? Um, because you're right. Like it's, it doesn't matter where you are in your journey. It doesn't matter how much money you have. If you want support, there's probably some form of support out there for you. Maybe it's working with like someone like a money coach to really get you, you know, digging deeper into like the intricate details of like money in and money out and things like that. Maybe it is a financial advisor who, we'll look at the whole holistic view of, you know, your goal planning and how much you're making and how much you're investing and help give advice on your investments and things like that. But I guarantee you there's someone out there to support you if what you think, like what you think would help um, and, and get you on track is that. Um, because I think that's one of the biggest kind of, you know, issues or problems I see is that people just procrastinate or this failure to take action. Because again, it's just the fear comes up. I don't have enough. I don't know enough. There's 
so many excuses you can make, but like money is one thing we can't keep pushing off because compounding, you know, it needs time to happen. So this is one thing that like, you can't let it just sit there and be like, I'll deal with it another day. I'll deal with it when I have more money or when I pay off that credit card or when I get this new job or whatever it is act now whatever you do like take action today put the other things on hold and put this as your priority because your money goals and all that it interacts with so many parts of your life so you'll be happy once you've you know had the conversations and whatnot but it all starts with you taking the steps taking the action so i can't stress it enough i'm like do the things talk to the people take action I think for people who are action oriented, that's an easy thing, but for so many others, it becomes a difficult thing. I know you, um, your, your children's picture book is Money Wise, Mabel's Bursting Bank. What do you think um, as a, and I, you put in your bio that you were a single mom. What do you think is the most important things that you can begin to teach your children that are positive about money? Absolutely. There's so much we can do um, as parents. And so, yes, I am a single mom and I have two little ones. I have an eight-year-old and an almost one-year-old. Um, so I, I'm not sure if he's learning much, but I try. Um, but for my daughter, she's been, it's been so fun, like teaching her along the way. And and that's why I wrote this book. I kind of, she was my inspiration for writing it, but it was getting to see like her playing with kind of like her piggy bank and her savings and her change. And, and she's just this little kid that doesn't, you know, they're just figuring out how to make like how many coins make a dollar and things like that. So it's, we can do so much starting at a young age. We can do like sorting and counting money. Um, we can communicate with them, especially as they get older. And you're right in a positive sense. Like, can we have just conversations with them about money? We Money is so like taboo again. And we, you know, we make it mean this like, oh, it's private. And it's, you know, and it's just like, well, why? Like, let's have it open conversations with our kids. Like we're in the grocery store and we're at the counter and she's asking for these like, Tic Tacs or something. And I'm like, wow, they're like $2.99. I'm like, when I was a child, they were like a dollar something. And I'm like, that's called inflation, Ivy. And then I started explaining inflation. And she thinks I'm like, just probably crazy. But she's, I'm sure she's learning something like either that her mom is weird or not to ask for <laughs> things. But, you know, we're having these conversations. And it's, it's like, I think they build upon each other, these money conversations and, and this money, like financial literacy. So if we start really young, we can start with these kind of just basic topics and then just keep building on it. So we're not going to overwhelm them. They don't have to then, you know, fear kind of going through their entire education, probably not learning a lot of this stuff in school that, you know, we're here at home, at least doing our part to help and communicate and, and have conversations about it. This past, like this weekend, um, she was, she started a little store and she was selling croc charms for like the shoes on the corner. <laughs> she ordered a bunch of them from Amazon. So these are all like fun things that kids can learn about money. And then she made her own money. And then she went to the mall and was thinking about what she wanted to buy with it. And then she was looking at how much things costed and saying like, oh, you know, but if I get that, then I can't get this other thing I wanted. And so she's doing all these things of learning, you know, to save and, and that instant gratification. Well, you can't necessarily have that if you don't have enough money and, and things like that. 
that. So it's just communicating with them as much as we can along the way, making it fun, making it like light and positive energy as much as possible. But there's so much value we can give to our children when it comes to that financial literacy piece. Um, and for if you think like, well, I don't know enough to teach my kids, I can guarantee you know more than you think you know, um, just from everything from like earning income, paying bills, like that's all extremely valuable information that we can pass along to our children. For sure. So as you've been on this journey and uh, you said growing up, there were a lot of answers that said, you know, we really can't afford this. Have you had other mentors along the way? Um, have there been any particular women or men who have helped you learn what you needed to learn or stood beside you as you've launched off and done these things on your own? Yeah, I have. That's a great question. Like, And I think it's what's interesting with mentors is sometimes they come in like, unexpected ways. Like I think when we think mentor, we look at our career path and we find, you know, the person steps ahead of us that we want to be in that position kind of thing. And we sort of hope that those people will have, you know, the time. And what I found oftentimes is those people didn't have the time of day for me, unfortunately. Um, but like, it didn't make me think that like, I wasn't getting the support of women. Like I completely attribute to so much of my like success of my business and what I've achieved to amazing women that I've met along the way. And I believe in the power of, um, you know, like law of attraction and just people that come into your life and how they're meant to be there. And, and that just so has happened on my journey. Like I was sitting in my office the one day saying, you know, I want to start writing articles and, and talking about things like money and sharing more financial knowledge. And I just said it out loud. And one of the assistants that sit, you know, near my office heard me just like ranting about how I want to do this. And he said, oh, I met this book coach at a networking event. Like here's her card. And, and she became my book coach and she's the most motivating woman. And without her, I probably wouldn't even have these books because she's the person who helped me believe in myself and the ability that I have, that I can be a writer and, and all these, you know, things. So it's just a mentor in something that felt like that's not my, you know, area. Like I'm the money person the numbers person. And then along comes this book coach that, you know, changes so much for me and helps me so much finding like my voice and my brand. And it just helped everything build up. Um, and then from that, it's just people along the way. So I think it's just realizing that mentors kind of show up in different ways and maybe ways that we don't expect. Um, and for me too, being raised by a single mom, like my mom and what she instilled upon me was so much like, you know, mentorship as well. And my grandma, who also raised like seven children and just like exuded, like you can do absolutely anything you put your mind to and, and seeing that. So I think it's, you know, sometimes the mentors are sort of all around us and we just have to kind of take it in and realize, oh, okay, you know, these are my people and they're helping build me up. So when you talk to women in particular, what, what is the number one thing you try to tell them to start with? Because, I mean, sometimes it is hard. Sometimes they aren't, you know, educated in any of these things. So what's, what's your number one thing that you begin with? 
Usually, I mean, usually I like to ask them like what their biggest pain point is because I find everyone kind of has like this one thing that's just like nagging them or going on that's really gotten them to take action. Like you said, people sometimes just do not take action or something really bad has to happen, unfortunately, which that's not ideal. Um, But so usually it's just asking like, what's your biggest pain point? And it can be different for a lot of people, but I think like a commonality is just you know, I don't know where to start. Um, and it just feels like they kind of know what they know, they know what they don't know, and and they've heard things and whatnot. So they're taking it all in. And it's just almost like this paralysis of like, so what do I do? Like, <laughs> And I get that. And that makes sense. Because I think that is kind of the missing piece that people have to deal with. It's like, there is a lot of education out there. And you can look online and you can watch the podcast, but then you're like, okay, yeah. And then you just like, get off that or you stop listening. And then you're just like, so what do I do? <laughs> um, and so I think that for women, it's really just taking action and executing on the steps. Um, so usually it's building an awareness, I would say, of like where they stand right now and then where they want to go to. And then actually, yes, taking the actions, you know, setting up like automatic deposits for their retirement savings or um, making a plan for them to pay off, you know, debt or what they're going to use, like their strategy for paying off their mortgage or things like that. So it is quite a bit different for everyone, but I think it starts with just kind of hearing what is the biggest kind of pain point or trigger for you when it comes to money. And then hopefully making it seem like something not as big or not as stressful because breaking it down and saying, okay, let's take the steps and I'll be there beside you to make sure that we're executing on it. How important do you think um, goals are as far as financial goals? Do you think it's important to say, I want a million dollars in the bank or I want a hundred thousand? I mean, is it important to that journey to set a really specific number? Yeah, I would say like a really specific goal. Um, Absolutely. Like that's a great comment and question. And absolutely. Like I think... I am so goal oriented as a human being. Like I probably wouldn't have achieved any of the things I've done without having these goals. I, I set like five-year goals and short-term goals and longer-term goals. But, and I think that's what women are missing. It's, it's almost like sometimes that idea of like, I don't know, it's like they feel like they can't have it or they, they're not capable of doing it on their own or something. And I just, I hope for all women that whether you're like with a partner or you're on your own, that you can truly like believe in yourself and the possibilities. I go through that in my book that's coming out in July called Make Money Your Thing. Um, I start with kind of doing the inner work and I tell people like you have to believe in the possibilities and make maybe it takes like going back to when you were a kid and you saved up like for your first like for me it was I saved up for a Super Nintendo and I did it on my own and (laughs) and that was a goal I had and I was really excited about it and it took probably close to a year to do um and it was it wasn't easy and I had to make sacrifices and I had to try to find ways to hustle and make money as a kid but um you know it felt so good like that feeling at the other side of being like I did it And so I don't want women to lose sight of that. Like, I think we grow up and like the responsibilities pile on and it's just like, oh, I can't have that or that's not possible. But why not? Like, why can't we dream big? Why can't we have those goals? It's not possible if you're not going to 
make up like it a goal and set out to achieve it. Of course, it's not possible. Like nothing's just going to randomly uh, happen, a series of events or, and you know, it might. Um, but I think most of it requires our, you know, dedicated action to taking it on. But I do believe that women sell themselves short and just almost think like money is happening to them. And it's like, oh, no, no, it's the other way around. It's your, you know, in the driver's seat, you're in control, you get to decide how this unfolds. I, I like that statement that they almost feel like money is happening to them instead of having the ability to use that money or make that money themselves. Uh, it's an interesting concept. When, when you started uh, along this line, was there anyone that you looked to that you read about or you thought about or you researched about that was someone that you really wanted to be, Kaylee? There were, I probably had like a few people and in that it was like, I was also kind of on my own like internal growth journey and I was working with a life coach. And so I was getting more in tune with like spirituality and I was reading like all the work of like Louise Hay and like Wayne Dyer and just loving what that was building and bringing out in, in me. But I think on the money side of things, um, there was a few for sure. And what's really interesting was um, when my book was like ready, my publisher said, now get some people to review it so we can put their comments like on the back cover, like, you know, good reviews saying like, why you should read the book, things like that. And that was probably the scariest thing hearing that because it's you write a book and then you don't even think about, wow, people are going to read this and <laughs> they're going to have opinions and things like that. And I'm like, so I probably my mom's opinion isn't going to count. Right. Like, so I'm like, OK, so who am I going to reach out to? And I'm all scared and feeling so like, you know, just that imposter syndrome or all that creeping in. And my book coach, my very inspirational book coach said, like, you know what, Kaylee, like, think big, like with what you've done in your career and stuff. She's like, I know you're not scared to just put yourself out there. And so I reached out to one of those people that really was influential on my journey. And it's David Bach, who wrote like Smart Women Finish Rich. And he was kind of pioneer and, and really like addressing the needs of women in this industry that were neglected for so long. And so I reached out to him and he's like retired and, you know, living in Europe and things now, but I reached out to him. I'm like, would you read my book and do a review for it? And at first he was kind of like, and I, you know, of course I put other things in it and whatnot. And guess what? Like he said, yes. And he wrote a review for my book. And that's too my whole like manifesting and, and going after your goals and doing the things that make you uncomfortable. Cause you never know what's going to happen if you don't try. Like, that's always what I say into my, in my internal talk now. It's like, well, I might as well try because, you know, not trying at all, you're not going to get any results. So someone who was so influential and he was like a ten, he's a 10 times New York bestseller and things like that. And he was willing to put a review on my book and I have it on the front cover. And it's so, I'm so like proud of that. It represents a lot to me, but it also knowing that it's someone who was like on my journey, influencing, seeing his work and reading all his books and, and whatnot. So that was, yeah, really exciting for me. And so there have been people on the journey that oh. have been really inspirational. That that's fabulous that he answered you and was willing to read it. That's yes. good for you. Good for you. So is there anything that, you know, along this way you wish you had done differently or um, particular things that you learned from? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. Probably a lot, right? We always look back and we feel like there would have been like a faster, you know, your journey could have been faster or something like that. And I guess you have to, you know, realize things unfold the way they unfold. But I think it's just like really like digging into my like why and 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 what I'm doing and, you know, that you know, how I want to support women, how I want to help women, how I want to empower women, how I want to see things differently. I, I want women to just like money is so stressful and I feel like women carry so much money stress and I want to change that. I want like money to like the relationship women have with money to completely transform. So I have like really big ambitious goals, but you know, when you're first starting out, you're like, but who am I? And and you're questioning yourself and you're thinking you're not enough is coming up and, and you're listening to all these people of like how you should do it. And in my industry, it was very male, it's very male dominated. So it was a bunch of guys, you know, and their messaging of like, well, when I was growing my business, I was cold calling and this and that. And I was like, Oh, like, I'm not doing that. And, but I was like trying to be what they were saying works because I'm like, okay, I guess I have to do that. And for so long. And then, you know, when COVID hit, that's when I really shifted because we were kind of put back in our, you know, in our own spaces. And, and it, I really kind of felt like that's when I, had time to like go inward and and see kind of who I am and who I want to be and that started to come out more in my business and then guess what like the growth and and all the good stuff happened then so it's you know I wish I would have known sooner and I hope I can stress for other people and other women that you know to really embrace like your unique gifts and talents don't try to build it and create it the way you think like others are or the way others are telling you to, because that's not right. And it's not authentic to you. So most of the answers are actually going to be like in you and it takes time and, and going within and getting quiet, like making space for like, whether it's like meditation or just, you know, being, and that's when all the good stuff comes up, you find. And, and it's, it's the way like that it's supposed to be done your way and, and not the way someone else is doing it. So I would say really like hone in on that for women. Like I felt like it took me years to kind of find my own voice and my own path. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sometimes really hard on that journey. You want everyone's opinion, but then in the end you need to take their opinions and, and sift them down into what you really want to do. You know, I I always love to kind of end our time with talking about what books you enjoy, what podcasts you enjoy. Is there anything that um, you think has been worthwhile in particular to read or listen to? Of course, you're going to be having a new book out. So that's got to be on the list for sure. Yeah. Yeah. My book, Make Money Your Thing, that's one I would highly recommend for women, women that are feeling in that position, like you're saying, feeling stuck. What should I do next? Like, I highly recommend because I honestly think that I I wrote this book thinking like, this is what's missing out there in the world of finance books and whatnot. So I did specifically write it for women and what I felt like was missing for them. So I would recommend that, of course, I'm I'm partial, but, um, and then as well for money topic books, one that I absolutely love, it's called The Psychology of Money. Um, Such a good book. And it goes into that, 
a whole, I, the psychology of it, like the, the, you know, what we're doing and why we're doing it. And I think that's so much more important and deeper than it, kind of that surface level stuff that comes at us every day um, to really understand our own relationship and actually understand kind of why we do the things we do. Hopefully, you know, the thought is you can kind of make it a lot easier and simpler and way less complicated than it is. Um, so that's a great money book. And then of course, I'm such a fan of like everything to do with personal growth and, you know, that spirituality and ta tuning into whatever it is that you believe that higher power universe, God, source energy. And so I love work from, for instance, like Gabrielle Bernstein. I listen to her podcast a lot. Um, I do like guided meditations and I will just go to YouTube and I'll kind of see what I'm in the mood for. But oftentimes I'll look for um, like, you know, abundance meditation. If I'm feeling that, that scarcity mindset creeping in, because again, this is how I grew up. This is how I was raised. So it's not something that I've completely, you know, managed. I don't think yet to completely get rid of. So when I'm having my moments or my days like that, I'll just go to YouTube and listen to, yeah, like a, a meditation targeted to that. Um, as well, like I love anything like Bob Proctor oriented as well. I listen to his work and YouTube videos and Again, it's to do with like the subconscious mind and, you know, and how that's directing us and what's unfolding for us. I think that's so powerful. So those are some of the the really fun stuff that I like to tune into. That's fabulous. You know, it's so funny. Just last week, I was in a small group with some crazy dynamic leaders all in different areas. But one of the questions they asked was, what was the psychology of your money growing up? And then what is it today? And it's so interesting to see how so many of us grew up with certain things that impacted us positively or negatively toward money. Um, yeah. So, so much deeper than you, um, possibly are gonna really think I never really had gone through that um and so it was so interesting to just hear what you know each person had to say so yeah yeah and that's why we have to be mindful of what we're saying around our children right because it's mm -hmm. what we've picked up was probably from our childhood and so I have that too in my book make money your thing the whole the first part where we're kind of unpacking that money baggage it's really going into like well what were you hearing about money was it you know was it conflicts around it was it negative or was it positive on the flip side or sometimes it was really positive but it was like the messaging was save 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 and don't spend money and I have clients that come to me like that and you're like that's great and they're in a fabulous position but then they're retired and they're so they're not taking any of their money i'm like this is why you saved <laughs> you need to enjoy it you need to enjoy your money so what was very positive they learned to save and they did really well at it um it turned out to work against them in a way right now and they have to do some of the unpacking and inner work to say oh okay i'm allowed to spend it and and that's work too so it, the good and the bad sometimes there's stuff to be done so there is just a lot we can get out of that you're right it, it is um i i will say that is a hard day when you've saved forever and then they you know say oh well maybe you should spend this or some of it you can't take it with you that's what i do know 100 percent for sure um, yeah. 
So, well, Kaylee, it's been so great to have with to have you with us today. I know people are just clamoring to say, how can I know more about her or how can I get her wisdom? Um, how do we, people get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, so my website is a great place to just, it's links to my my blogs, my um, books and all that. So it's just my first name, last name.com. So KayleeBoisVert.com. Um, K-A-L-E-E-B-O-I-S-V-E-R-T.com. So it's kind of difficult to spell, but hopefully you see that on the show notes. Exactly. We will for sure. Well, thank you so much for being on 50% with Marcel Combs today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, everyone. Take care.